Hello, hello, spiritual Israelites. A lot to talk about today. We're going to get through, try to get through four chapters, but maybe less. You know how it goes with us. So just going to get started. Hi, how are you? Uh, pretty good. I was going to read the comments on your video. They were hilarious. The one with the cat talking. I was still thinking about that, but their comments were way more hilarious. It's like, oh, it's cat two today. But anyway, we're doing the tabernacle, the God's house. He's going to build a fancy house with tents and gold and jewels and all kinds of stuff where they're going to be learning a lot of skills to build God's house. So, you know, hopefully get through that today. So let's just start. But before that, they go up to the uh, top of the mountain, right? Oh, yes. Moses does, right? Would he be yeah. the shining yeah. one? Yeah, I think 24 has a lot of interesting stuff. So remember, in context, we just finished chapters 20 to 23 are kind of like the Constitution or the law. So they just did all that stuff. And now they're going to uh, begin the process of entering into covenant with God. All right. So do you want me to read again? Of course. Always. It's Always. my job, I guess. <laughs> all right. Covenant confirmed. Then he said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and you shall worship from a distance. Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor may the people go up with him. Now, that's already kind of like the uh, tabernacle or the temple where there's certain levels of holiness or, you know, certain people can approach to certain distance from God, but only the high priest can come in the presence of God yeah, in the temple, point. in the temple, right? So this is kind of similar. And in Mount Sinai is almost, it almost, it, I mean, it's kind of weird. It's, it's, it's almost like a combination of a, an actual mountain and heaven. It almost seems like Moses goes to heaven as we're yeah. going to see. It's kind of supernatural. You know, what it reminds me of is that, that artist uh, photo that they did with man meeting god remember that <laughs> the uh that was michelangelo yeah it? so it kind yeah. of like the mountain is where the heaven yeah is descending yeah. onto earth and moses yeah and even uh some people say the garden of eden was like a mountain temple like the mountain temple it kind of represents heaven it's where heaven comes to earth but, but it's it's hard to you know figure out kind of how literal it is or or what's really or, or i just just last night i thought you know is this is there some kind of uh stargate or temple or um portal you know what i mean it like is this is this like a supernatural gateway to heaven it really seems like it goes to heaven yeah as we're gonna see we're gonna see this in a minute but um in, in the in the temple itself is kind of or the tabernacle is kind of a is kind of a you know a, a replica of the heavenly temple so i this think is you all made a good connection that is the same kind of setup with the yeah people staying behind and only moses was allowed to go in because he's kind of like the high priest yeah yeah all right, so M Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances. So that would probably be the Ten Commandments, which are also called the Ten Words, and then all those uh, laws from 21 to 23. He told it to them verbally, it sounds like there. Then all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said we will do. Moses wrote all the words of the Lord now, see, now look, Moses is writing. Yeah. So that's what, you know, so Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. So it sounds like the Bible right there is telling us Moses wrote what became chapters, possibly chapters 20 to 23, at least, or at least chapter 20. Moses is actually writing. Well, so 
you know, that's why a lot of people think Moses wrote Exodus. We could probably make a good case that he wrote Exodus. I'm not sure about Genesis. Yeah. Uh, that might have been a different writer altogether. Well, there's a lot of debate. I mean, a lot of about most of the books in the Bible, we really don't know who wrote them, actually. Yeah. I don't but know if most he was alive during his time to kind of record because he was talking to God directly. He yeah, was the I mean, first you, ghostwriter. Yeah, you can make a good case. It was Moses who also wrote um, even the, the first five books, at least most of them. There's a bit where he dies, you know, so someone else probably wrote that. But uh, sometimes you just don't know. But uh, try to make the best uh, case you can, I guess. But at least here, here we have him actually writing, you know. So that's that's a good uh, piece of evidence right there. The Exodus also sounds a little different than Genesis, anyway. That's why I'm not totally convinced. This yeah, it does. Yeah, person. Yeah. But here, yeah, and then, and, and also Genesis. There's like the first, uh, you know. There's like different parts of Genesis sound different from each other yeah, as well. Right. All right. But um, they rose early in the morning, built an altar at the foot of the mountain with twelve pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young Israelite men who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of young bulls to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Can you imagine this? Well, well, we do the Lord's Supper. I just did it uh, Monday. On Monday, we did uh, communion. Sprinkle blood at church? We drank. No, it's uh, the Lord's Supper is uh, blood. You drank the blood. The wine. Which is grape juice. Yeah, and uh, that represents the blood, though. Yeah, but here, they're dealing with real blood. And yeah. they're it on people. Jesus, well, altar. what do they talk about the cross, right? The blood of Jesus is a big, yeah. that was real blood, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the thing. See, the, the Jesus was the final sacrifice. So there's. Yeah. Um, well, the whole point of all these blood. sacrifices was actually to train them and teach them that all their sin caused all this carnage and blood for all these years where then Jesus also mm. was murder the sacrifice yeah. so it all points to him anyway right yeah and jesus is the one who goes you know he's in the holy of holies now as hebrews tells us kind of like moses is going to go in the presence of god on top of the mountain then the high priest would go into the uh, holy of holies in the temple and now jesus kind of you know he was the sacrifice that uh and now he's in the uh, he's he's at the right hand of God reigning mm -hmm. already. So, uh, but okay, well we can talk about that after verse eight again. Maybe um, he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. So the book of the covenant, I think that's chapters twenty to twenty three. That's what they call it, the book of the covenant. And they said all that the Lord has said we will do, and we will be obedient. So Moses, oh really? Oh wait. We will be obedient. Well, they were. they were most of the time. A lot of times mm -hmm. they were. They sometimes they were. <laughs> yeah, but that's well, human nature. Now, that's human. you know, that's for sure. So yeah, there's yeah, kind of limited yeah. time frame. You know, I think yeah. they were obedient up until Christ. Even it's just that no, Pharisees yeah. and all those people just took control of them. Completely. Well, it's human nature. It's human. I mean, it's fallen human nature was. Um, See, this this thing didn't change the human heart, the wickedness of the human heart. It didn't change that. We didn't have the Holy Spirit. We have to, that's that's why Jesus you had know, to. You uh, know, the differences between yeah. regular people with the wicked heart and the Israelites with the wicked heart. 
<laughs> is that they were being trained to know about the character of God. They were but the human heart was still so wicked yeah. it couldn't couldn't even follow the instructions. Which That's God already knew that, right? That's the, that exactly. Was, and, yeah, this, and, and what this does it it allows after Jesus. Now we can look back and we can kind of see it. You know, all the details of what really. You know, if we didn't have all this, we wouldn't really understand what Jesus did. But now right. it's all broken down, kind of uh, in a visual way. We can see all these all these different aspects of what the um, cross really meant. Yeah, and a lot of the, the laws that we just covered, it shows the character of God and what he expected mm. from all yeah. of us, right? And I was thinking, yeah. actually, that, you know, we were talking about Israel a lot last time. In the context of what we've just been reading, all the stuff that they're doing, like, that's clear evidence that they have nothing to do with God, covenant, mm. God's promises, nothing, not even like a little bit, because all those rules that we mm. just saw, like the one about foreigners, that's just one example out of many. The foreigners, they were supposed to treat them and not mistreat yeah. them, right? Yeah, but yeah. They're now yeah. like cutting off food, water, transportation to their very own neighbors. Like it doesn't yeah, even for, matter what yeah. the war is about. Yeah, I'm, I'm more. Uh, yeah, I mean they they're they're uh, God. I mean the whole point. Like we'll look at that later. But Romans nine to eleven. I think what Paul's saying is that's really he's talking about the Israelites and all this stuff. And I think he's saying that yeah, God is basically done with the Israelites as his chosen people, but some of them will become Christians. Like I think that's a simple way of. That's but how I understand chosen it. Chosen to reflect all this characteristic. I think what I'm trying to say is like all the laws that we just kind of read in passing, they're not really in passing. They're actually represent God and his character. What we yeah, all what he wants. Doing. That's yeah. what he wants for us. Yeah. So when we don't do that, that's when I think you're actually reflecting the enemy instead of God. Yeah. Yeah. This is sin and you're, we're cut off from God. Yeah. So, in, you know, I just spent like two, two or three weeks going to all these different Christian conferences and stuff because I was playing guitar at them and yeah. It was pretty intense, very intense. A lot of missionaries and pastors from all over the world. Wow. And, um, a lot of, you know, they they give these really amazing talks and people were crying and it was it was intense. I've never experienced anything like it, in wow. fact. But but I disagree with a lot of what they said about the Bible and especially about Israel. Because these are, you know, this American evangelical attitude towards israel i think is uh, just well, it's misplaced mistaken I, I, I mean i disagree at the very least i disagree maybe maybe i'm wrong but no i don't think I am. they're wrong because <laughs> yeah. you know god never said to take wickedness and just kind of accept it as if it's normal just because what they're doing is they're yeah. taking one passage saying if you curse Israel, you'll be cursed. If you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. So that one passage, they kind of transformed it into making entire people, whoever lived there, which I don't even know if they're Israelite Jews or whoever, but whoever lives there in the land of Israel currently, they're mm -hmm. idolizing it, idolizing the nation, whatever they're doing, it's all acceptable. No one can criticize. No, even if they're going to keep murdering, however many they want to murder, doesn't matter because as long as the verse says you bless Israel, mm -hmm. you'll be blessed. And but they're, they're not Israel. Yeah, they're they're Israel. Um, 
the church is Israel, but you know Jews are invited into the church. But the the only way to be in covenant with God now is through faith in Jesus Christ. But Christian churches and pastors, they may they don't combine that. They're not saying Jews and Christians, Muslim, anybody can come to faith and become part of God's covenant. What they're doing now is separate merging Judaism with Christianity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a mistake. Yeah, that's because of the dispensationalism view, which is like the pre-trib rapture. And then God, you know, they think there's two different plans of salvation, one for the Jews and one for the Gentiles. And there's like two different paths. And it's like, no, there's one. There's no, the Bible says very clearly, there's no distinction between Jew and Gentile anymore. No distinction. They're just another country. They're just like anyone in the world, right? Well, For me, in my opinion, Jews are just they, like any human being on earth. They're not Jews, though. That's the thing. Because Whatever you want to call them. But you have proof already. What, what do we read in Egypt? When they just, all these Israelites that just came out of Egypt. I mean, look at, not only were they uh, slaves in Egypt, but they also would have looked very similar to Egyptians like they didn't couldn't like the Hebrews and the Egyptians probably looked a lot alike I don't think they were like so far far you know where like all the Israelites which where they were from all 12 tribes would not have looked like European Jews as they are sitting there right now Moses himself they couldn't tell him apart whether he was Hebrew or Egyptian nobody knew that you know as an mm -hmm. adult because he dressed and looked like them and talked like them. So they probably didn't even know that he was a Hebrew. So I think all the people that are there now, I don't know where they came from, but they're just making <laughs> stuff up, whatever they want. And they're no, using yeah, that to their benefit because they get to have land. They get to have ton of money from everywhere, including the United States. How much money we give them? Billions and billions and billions. They have access to everything. In fact, now they're taking control of all the monetary stuff even the like cybersecurity they own every back end of every computer well they've they, yeah they've 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 always they always have controlled the media and the financial yeah, but system only because they're funded and protected that's the point if they were well, I think they're running this I think they control the United States don't they oh absolutely they're that's, like that's the what I'm saying is, yeah. Um, yeah well they're control they're the boss yeah because they own everything so Israel mm -hmm. the land is like a headquarter and who, who controls the World Health Organization as well? I, I was just yeah. reading Daniel uh, Daniel seven, the rest of Daniel seven. And it's talking about the you know the final evil empire that's going to be different than all the other kingdoms. It really reminded me of the World Health Organization. What's coming next year? Well, that's just one yeah. segment of it. They have control. Oh, that's a big every one. Segment. No, they're going to control all the world. They're going to be the king. The king. They're going to be the boss of all the, the United Nations of the world. owns the WHO. The United Nations is linked to the 2030 mm. agenda. All of that. So they're all just merging. But it's yeah. I mean, we kind of already know all the evil stuff. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is the Bible is very specific in telling you. Who is his people? Who are his people? And what they would have looked like, what they've done, you know, and none of the stuff that's happening shouldn't even enter into like it's all biblical as many of them. Well, they're not, they're out of covenant. They're not in covenant with God, you know. I mean, yeah. they're, they're Canaanites. Well, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what they, I mean, they, Ash, the Ashkenazi, they, they took the know. Satan covenant. They're not with God covenant. Yeah, yeah. It's Babylonian mysticism, yeah. Kabbalah. 
Talmud, all that stuff, right? Which is pretty so, evil uh, stuff. I mean, even in Talmudic yeah. stuff, I mean, they can rape it's, children up to three years old and then say, oh, it's fine. After that, you know, God is like all good with that. That's it actually within their own text. So when you have like depraved minds of all this stuff written down where, where they're following it for generations and generations, this has nothing to do with the Bible. You know, yeah, so a lot of the American yeah, so a lot of the American Christians are operating under a false narrative that's not biblical because because they it's just they're saying what they want to hear and what people want to hear and they and it's kind of groupthink. There's a lot of groupthink going on in the in the Christianity it's, it's especially new, out of America. It's a brand new maybe it's not brand new, but it's a different brand of Christianity than true believers. Yeah. Yeah, it began yeah. In like in the 1800s, and and these guys, you know, they go out and they give these amazing speeches that are that are kind of motivational and very emotional, and they're they're they speak very strongly, you know, and then everyone just kind of goes along, and uh, you know, it just kind of builds guy, on. I'll send you a link later, but there's this guy on YouTube. He actually does a very good job of making fun of all these different uh, Christianity brands and preacher and sermons and where they go off on these new agey stuff and how they talk. Mm. It's like, there's nothing to do with, like, he's so funny. Yeah. Like some people do recognize that the, there is a false brand, you know, but yeah, that's our job. Are we supposed yeah. So to they're all, they're all saying, you know, now they're saying Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, so they didn't do. Didn't cool. they? Why didn't they do that in 2020? You know what I mean? It's like they didn't see it. They were deceived by the, the events of 2020. That didn't and even. They, um, them. they okay. didn't even. They didn't even consider that might be something significant. But now, now because there's somebody uh, crashed a fence in Israel. There. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's the oh. end of the world. Someone crashed a fence. Speaking of that, you know what's funny though? There's a. Uh, Economist posters, the magazine posters, the one in December 2012 slash January 2013, their cover was like something to do with gates of hell or something, which I'll, I'll point that out some other podcast. In the magazine cover, they had Hamas and a hand glider and Israel in a hand glider coming together like uh, making war with each other so like oh, somebody wow. it out like, oh, <laughs> that was made like you know almost a decade ago and yet that's how they ended up doing it so maybe it's all yeah man how do they know all that stuff you know unless no it's a script we, we live in the truman show basically yeah. a, a giant dome stadium that's a scripted reality show. That's what we live in here. Okay. So, it's all scripted. As we're, That's why as we're going to see, that, the, the Bible is going to tell us that even in this chapter, we're going to see that. So Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, yeah. this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now, does that sound familiar? Yeah. This is the blood of the covenant. So blood of Jesus is now our new covenant that's sprinkled. On us. Yeah, and that's what we do. Communion, we remember. You know, it's like a remembrance kind of thing, which is, I believe, Matthew, was it? Yeah, I mean, it's Matthew 26, 28, something like that. So, Sprinkling it on people in the, the tabernacle, it's kind of gross. It's Matthew blood. 26, 28, he says, for this is my blood of the covenant, 
yeah. is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgive for for the forgiveness of sins. See, that's what it is. It's the it, it's a sign showing that your sins have been forgiven. And there's power. We're going to see a lot of blood in Leviticus, and they t- explain it a bit more. But there's uh, it's not really fully explained. But it seems to be a cleansing. Some some scholars have said it's like a cleansing agent, and um, you know the life is in the blood, right? I don't so, think it's uh, cleansing so much. I think it's a connection to Christ of atonement. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Not just physically cleansing, but like spiritually. Yeah. 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 There's something, there's something kind of supernatural going on. It, it seems like, um, whether it's just symbolic or actual. Kind of like I mean, you know, you, baptism. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and some people compare baptism to this sprinkling of the blood. We're sprinkled with water. You know what right. I mean? Although I would, I don't know, I would see maybe the Lord's Supper is more having to do with blood. Um, I don't see bapt. I mean, maybe, maybe. I guess you could make a connection with baptism. Well, I mean, if if it, um, if we didn't have water baptism, which God has already made a point to show over and over, like He baptized the whole earth with the flood, but sprinkling it on people like everyday thing, it's a little much. So I, I don't re- think they did. They didn't. I don't think they sprinkled in it on the people every day. But no, just but, yeah. right here, there it's it's like a sign. I I think of all this stuff just very simply, like a signature, right? Because they do use the word sign and sign well, and signature. We sign, yeah. yeah. The, well, these days we sign a paper, right? We rewrite our signature. That's right. how we that's how we make covenants today, which are called contracts. Usually, we sign stuff, right? Well, they do do say sign in blood sometimes, you know. Yeah, and and back then the sign they had different signs with you know. All this other stuff they did. It's but it's a that's what they're doing though. They're 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 making a contract. I know? think what you said earlier, what was it in Matthew to me that connection? I think that's what it's really doing. What was the verse that you were reading? The one I just read, 26, 28. Yeah. This is my blood yeah. of the new covenant. New covenant. Yeah. And and then yeah. we just read about the old blood yeah. of the old covenant. Yeah. So I think it's related to remission of sin. So it's kind of yeah, like yeah. protection. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's some people say like a sacrifice kind of basically means um, somebody has to die so I can live, <laughs> or something has to. Has, so yeah. It's 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 atoning. The the animal bears our sins and is punished, so that's why they, they talk because about the, penal substitution. Because sin was synonymous with death anyway. Yeah, the animal has to die so I can live. Something has to die. Or substitution, I think. Yeah, so this whole this whole sacrifice system, I mean, it is pretty bloody and horrible, and I feel bad for all these animals, right? But yeah. if, if it wasn't these animals that had to die, then all the people would have just died. Yeah. All the people, because all the people deserve what the animals got, essentially. And, and that's why Jesus took all the sins on himself. But was there another way to not even do that? Why do they? No. Why couldn't they just live out their life and be judged? Why did anything have to die? Well, because, well, nowadays we're kind of used to having Jesus as the final sacrifice, right? So, uh, yeah. but back then they they had to keep doing it all the time. They they did have daily sacrifices. And then once a year, the high priest would enter the temple and make atonement. It was, it wouldn't end. Would not have been necessary ordinarily, but I think he was using that as a lesson and teaching them what their sins. Well, well the main reason telling them what yeah. that meant because the presence of God was there in the temple. Yeah, all the sacrifices were done around where the presence of God was, yeah, which was in I the mean, holy of holies. So, so to approach know. God, 
to approach God, we have to be purified and cleansed and make atonement before we can approach God. See, we're we're far we're born far away from God. And basically what's happening, we get keep getting closer to God. You know, with the as the Bible continues, we get man and God become closer with Jesus. And then at the end of Revelation, at the end of Revelation, there's another covenant meal and um and all that stuff. The the wedding, you know, the the wedding of the Lamb and all that stuff, ch chapter 19. Yeah, that's fine. So I think it's all substitute lesson or visuals of something. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. And uh, the book of Hebrews is really a good resource to understand the connection, you know, between the, these uh, sacrifices in the temple and uh, Jesus, and even points forward to the uh, to the future as well. Yeah. Which, uh, if we have time, we can look at Hebrews a bit later. All right, then Moses went up to Aaron, with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet. Now, they probably didn't see the whole God of Israel, you know what I mean? But Because there's many passages that says no one has seen God, but yet there's other passages that say people have seen God, right? So they see the glory of God, they see the kind of the outer shape or the light the, the the presence of god so it's a little confusing sometimes but uh under his feet under his feet there was something like a paved work of sapphire stone as clear as the sky itself now that sounds a lot like well people say that's like the firmament or the the sky ezekiel has something very similar to that yeah but i think he actually had a sapphire stone underneath his feet which well, is I, I found this kind of interesting just reading that before so it sounds to me like they went up to heaven to be honest they had a vision because that's that happens to people because when you when you get that close to god reality kind of changes yeah but why couldn't he have this like when he came down the mountain on, like, on top he's standing on top of the mountain but he brought a little stone with him yeah why not he's got <laughs> he can do anything you want i mean like if, i know i know but it, it seems to me like they went up it seems like like a little bit of, like god and heaven kind of come down to the mountain well i think he it, it's a bit it's a bit thrown uh, down with yeah. him if you notice the description about his throne which talks about later like his throne itself is emerald. No, that's his throne. Yeah, he's basically. Yeah. I mean, it's that's why I just kind of wonder. You know, um, like he loves somebody, gemstones. Um, if you go to, go to uh, Ezekiel one twenty six, so above the expanse, or the that's the rakia, the firmament. Um, I like the word expanse though, per personally. That was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Oh, there's the sapphire stone yeah. again. Mm -hmm. We just read that. And on the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man on it high up. So it's very it's the same thing, right? Yeah. So where did where did Ezekiel? Where was Ezekiel? He didn't go up on top of Mount Sinai. It was a vision. Yeah. So I just, I just, it's, like know, it, objects come to earth. Like the wheel between a wheel, that kind of thing. Whatever it was. I mean, he may have. He went up. He somehow he went to heaven. He had a vision of heaven, and it's like like a mentally he was there somehow. Could be. Yeah. No, no, that's that's what I mean. This, you know. Well, all I, I don't mean, like to talk. He's able this to is, this, see through yeah. a dimension, right? To yeah, yeah, something like that. That's why yeah. I'm like you know a portal. What? Yeah, I mean it's very it's very hard to explain. You feel it too. They don't they don't talk about it here, but they would have been feeling the presence of God as well. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not sure if they mentioned this, but um, they feel the presence and they know that that the presence of God is there. There's no missing it. And then they see all these other things around God associated with that. But that does talk about his throne as like yeah. or emerald. Uh, there was a rainbow. Okay, like oh, there's in Revelation as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of these throne room visions in in uh, Revelation. And it says, but he loves like all kinds of stones. Even like uh, when he made Satan, he made a bunch of stones. Uh, that, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ezekiel. <laughs> that's talking about the King of Tyre. That's a different story. But yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that when we get to Ezekiel twenty-eight. Okay, uh, the rainbow <laughs> around the throne appearing like emerald. Okay, it was a rainbow. It was appearing like emerald. So that could be part of his throne then, the sapphire stone. Yeah, yeah. That's that's his throne, and um, so you know whatever. Maybe maybe he brought it all down with him on top of the mountain or maybe they actually there's some kind of but this cloud right is the top of the mountains covered with this dark cloud which is also kind of it's not just a normal cloud you know this is like a supernatural maybe cloud. It, it, yeah, like, yeah and, and you know I, I have a flat earth view right so so for me the heavens just right above us but yeah. if, if you believe in this huge giant universe then you have to think about dimensions you know what i mean that's that's a big difference but but either way, it's you, you know God is somewhere and we are here and here now they're connecting they're meeting they're meeting God, yeah with a bit of a distance they're still not not they're not like shaking his hand, but they're uh, they're getting pretty close to God. So that's and the it's a light thing, blue to blue true blue, like the sky the sapphire stone, which is interesting. He did okay. not lay his hand upon the nobles of the children of Israel. Also, they saw God, and they ate, and they drank. So that's like a covenant meal, right? This is the Lord's Supper. This is how we do it today, Lord's Supper. So why uh, is the Passover? Did Passover and on the nobles. Oh, because I think that's talking about because there's a certain fear that people had if you if you uh, if you encounter God that that could be dangerous. God might kill you, either mm. you know just because you're so unclean. Yeah, you you, you would just burn up in His presence. Or he, it was a, you know, he would judge you and kill you that way. Or um, we're just unclean and impure compared to God, so we burn up. Like if you put a piece of well, fire in a, in a fireplace, or a piece of paper in a fireplace, it's just going to burn up like that. Well, Christians all the time, they like to lay hands on people. That's their thing of praying for. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in the, that's in the Bible. That's it in is? the New Testament. Oh, yeah, New Testament, they talk about laying of hands a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, but this this here, I think it would be like he didn't. Um, he didn't want to kill him. He, he didn't like nothing. He didn't harm them. Like like laying hand may have been a harmful thing wow. in their in their minds. In their minds, they were afraid. They were afraid of God. It says that somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so it, it would have been a scary thing, right? This this mountain is burning. And there's light and smoke and fire and thunder, and they may have thought they were going to die. You know, maybe. Um, I'm sure it was powerful. The Lord said to Moses, "Come up to me to the mountain and stay there, and I will give you the stone tablets with law and the commandments which I have written, so that you may teach them." So here we have teaching. Um, now, now, see, God is going to write the the first version. God writes it himself. Yeah. And these are the this is the constitution, right? This is this is not a king. Like normally in, in the in the world back then and even today, the the government or the king makes the law. It's just ten commandments that he could anybody could 
Yeah, the creator of the world giving us the constitution or the commandments. So Jesus did this as well, like in Matthew 5 to 7, the Sermon on the Mount, oh, right? Yeah. Again, Jesus is kind of symbolically recreating this, the Sermon on the Mount, giving new commandments. Only yeah. God can issue these kind of commandments. So well, he, he was summarized all the commandments. God. Well, that was the Old Testament did that already as well. Yeah. But he um, Jesus acted as God. He had authority to do this stuff. Well, because he is God. Uh, Yahweh is Jesus. Yeah. Do we forget? They didn't that? they didn't notice the Israelites failed to notice that. Yeah. When, as they were killing him. <laughs> we know that. We've already went through all the verses where it says Yahweh equals yeah. Jesus, explaining it in a different way when he came here to be one of us. Yeah, again, Jesus was, see, back then they had the tabernacle, then they had the temple, and the presence of God was there. Well, mm -hmm. then Jesus himself was the presence of God. They don't need a temple. That's why the temple was they destroyed. The temple. So that he was the temple holy. of God. And and now, the now we are the temple of God. Yep. And he's probably hidden somewhere in the holy of holy of us, right? In our hearts, yeah. The law, because the ark, we're going to see the ark of the covenant, right? And the uh, ten commandments were put in the ark, and it was sealed, okay. yeah, with the lid, which is kind of like that uh, sapphire thing. It was like the you know represented the uh, the throne of God, and um, that's kind of it. Kind of reminds me of the human heart, where the ten yeah. commandments ultimately are supposed to be written on our hearts. In yep. the new covenant, right, and so the the our our the human heart, not maybe not not our physical heart, but you know the 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 innermost part of our being, our psyche or something, or that's that's where the Ten Commandments are supposed to be. Just like the Ark, the Ten Commandments were put in the Ark. Now they're put inside of our hearts. But I don't know. You think the soul is actually in the heart or in the? <laughs> well, the soul may be different. It's uh, I mean, there's a soul, there's a spirit, there's a body, and there's what a heart. What happens if you get a heart transplant? Well, it's not a physical heart. Yeah, it's not the physical heart. It's just the word we use. It's just like yeah. uh, you know, we use the word heart to mean kind of our core essence of our. Being being not the right. physical heart so um, essentially our soul right it's written in our well soul. something like that yeah moses rose up with joshua his attendant and moses went up to the mountain of god so i think i think what happened here is see there it's a there's still these 70 people went up to a certain point and now moses and um it's kind of like frodo and sam <laughs> <laughs> joshua went up to a certain point but then he didn't go up to the very top moses had to go alone so he's just, special. It's, he was chosen he already talked to god in the burning bush on the mountain yeah so uh, he said to the elders wait for us in this place until we return to you aaron and her are with you whoever has any matters of dispute let him come to them so he's leaving all the people and going up to the mountain. Moses uh, went up to the mountain, the top of the mountain. What's that? Ben Hur, wasn't it the actor who played Moses uh, in the movie? Ben Hur. Charlton Heston. Oh. Ben, ben Hur was a different movie. Oh, okay. Never mind. I think it was a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I never saw it. Um, Moses went up to the mountain, and I think this is the top of the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain, right? Like mm -hmm. I said, not just a normal cloud. Uh, and, and, you know, Jesus, There's every time a supernatural being comes to earth, there's like this cloud. And this is the same cloud, the angel of the Lord, you know, leading them with the cloud. The, mm -hmm. And you, you see this in movies as well. They do this in movies, right? There's clouds and lightning and stuff whenever, like the Terminator, when the Terminator came back. Oh, yeah. Term, yeah. Terminator is a, is, a, is a demon, actually, the fallen angel. Well, um, of course, the whole movie is about... 
fighting machines. It's got to be a demon. Judgment Day. They're trying to stop. They're trying to prevent Judgment Day. Yeah, for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Good luck right, with so. that. Yep. <laughs> the That's glory funny. of the Lord. The glory of the Lord, right? The the presence of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain to the eyes of the children of Israel. So they could kind yeah, of see this scary. from the bottom. Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up to the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. Kind of mysterious. He's just, he goes, he goes in the mountain. It kind of reminds me of like that King Kong movie where they, it's like a supernatural island, you know, full of yeah. these these creatures, and he's they there's surrounded by this dark cloud as well, right? So that it's another symbolic representation of entering a supernatural world. Guess what? Like this here, forty days, forty nights, is a reference to a few things, right? The when Jesus fasted in the wilderness for forty days, yeah. and why, and why did he go there? Uh, it, it tells us what the purpose was to be tested, to be tested. Yeah. That's why he went there, to be tested by the devil. Yeah, uh, and also the flood was for 40 days and 40 nights yeah. or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I just, I read something the other day. Some, you know, the people you don't like, the scholars, they say, <laughs> yeah, well, they say uh, you know, it could be, it could be like a symbol, you know, a general number, like if you said a dozens or a hundreds like they they say that's it doesn't need like to them. be that's why it doesn't need to be specific oh numbers numbers are a little funny in the bible though they're not always no, specific that's although why sometimes I don't they like might be scholars because because they know too they much do. they start making something <laughs> different um, well no no but we make it something different though like uh, we bring our nothing. own we bring our ideas and biases to it which are based on our modern day culture yeah, so but if we're I see, not changing the text, uh, the scholars. No, 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 they're changing. No, but but we are. We are changing what the original meaning. If if we're taking it out of context, if they use the word thousand metaphorically and we take it literally, then we're the ones misreading it. Yeah, but you know what? It's self-explanatory. So far, I haven't seen anything that says, "Oh, you know, it can go either way." When it says forty days, forty nights, it really means forty days, forty nights. Not a dozen or some other. It's it's got to be read as is, and it will make sense, just like a conversation would. Like you would know when someone is making it literal or it's kind of symbolic. But we do it all the time. We we most of what we say is not literal, but yet we understand it. But the, yeah, the literature is the same way. The Bible is the same way. Sometimes they they could say forty days, forty nights, meaning he was there for a long time, or it just could mean he was there for forty days and forty nights. Why is that so bad? Is it hard? It's easy. Either, either way, it's it's easy. It's not it's not a not a problem. All right. Well, <laughs> you can go live in the ether world where it could mean anything. I'll well, just... they just went to the, this having this supernatural experience. Yeah, for forty days and forty nights. I guess so. I mean, but we're the one. See, we're the ones in our modern culture. We need everything to be. We need we need all numbers to be to be precise. Because they God didn't need that slave. back then. Back then, they didn't need that. But these people did. in the desert didn't care if it was thirty-eight days or forty-three days. It didn't matter. But God cared. God was making a point <laughs> of this repeating the same theory 
40 days, 40 nights, like multiple times, not just once, including, I think it's always referencing and pointing to God, Jesus when he comes, you know. So when he's telling you early on that this is what Moses did before God on the mountain in the wilderness, practically, and then that's what, and I, I think it must have been testing for Moses too to be there for 40 days, 40 nights, see how he would do, right? And then Jesus, well, he was doing fine, but well, yeah. um, he was in the presence of God. He didn't need food and water. He was fasting, but um, that's the point. But, that's the miracle. But no, they use the same word. They use the same words, but it could see. I think more important than the quantity of time is the 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 purpose of that period of time. And the events that happened and the significance of it is more important than the actual quantity. I notice a lot of people these days uh, get so hung up on the quantity more than the actual meaning. It's both. See, when you're trying you know? to decipher prophecy and the connections, oh, like it's thematic, right? The connections. The yeah, the connections are very important. Things. Yeah. Connections are very important. That's the whole point is to make those connections so then you um, have to have some very the language is the same. the same it's a language the same but the quantity itself doesn't have to be the same mm -hmm. the language is the same yeah but god established i didn't do it he said it's 40 i'm just saying yeah great it's that's what jesus did too because so it's it's him telling us not the other way around so maybe it's important to him somehow, right? Having that certain number that he always likes to repeat, don't you think? It is significant. That, that's our that's that's more important, I think, to understand the significance of it. All right, moving on. Anyway, food for thought. Exodus twenty five. Now, all right. So now, yeah. So um, the Lord said to Moses, "Tell the ch so." Now Moses, we're kind of uh, with Moses on top of the uh, mountain now, and uh, talking to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to bring me an offering from every man who gives willingly with his heart, you shall receive my offering from every man who gives willingly. Okay. I think I heard someone mention this the other day at a, when they're talking about tithing or uh, doing the offering at, at church, you know? Yeah. Um, Should be willingly, so, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, bronze, which they stole from the Egyptian, or they... Uh, took from the egyptians well that was their <laughs> what do you call Which it they received they received it the well, payback. they earned it they didn't get all god gave money. it to him god gave it to them essentially yeah it's reparations um, what, what, isn't that the word like yeah reparations yeah. <laughs> blue purple scarlet fine linen goat's hair rams skins dyed red porpoise skins or a sea sea cow porpoise? you mean it. like the it's it's not a real porpoise. It's 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 called a. Uh, there's a different animal. It's called I forget what it's called, but it's similar to a porpoise. It's like a. They call it a sea cow in some translations, and it's oh. it's almost it's like a manatee. It looks like a manatee. Huh. Um, there's a word for it. It's in the it's in that uh, that Mediterranean Sea. So um, not the dolphins. There, you know, because there's a lot of debate over what that what animal. A lot of the Hebrew words, they're not quite sure what animal it really is. Because mm -hmm. you know, it's written a long time ago. Acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil and for fragrant, fragrant uh, incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Well, that's a lot of stuff. Like, how are they going to get all this stuff in the desert? But they do have a lot of stuff they brought from Egypt. Well, I always wondered that too. Like, where do they get all the tent material and all this precious stuff? And so the, it, they would have had to brought it with them, or God maybe 
materialized it for them well i don't think uh, well if we i don't think i don't think we're told that happened yeah I don't think that's in the story I think they, a, a, they may have had it they may have gotten it from uh but also you know th there were like th people had been to that desert before you know it was like between these other kingdoms and there were people who were trading. There were nearby kingdoms they could have purchased it from if they needed to, I guess. Um, and I don't think they had any interaction with anyone else. Yeah, we're not really told that so much. So Because um, they were wandering they just, for 40 years. Maybe they just all, well, not yet, though. They're, they're, they're only a few months into it right now at this point. But they may have brought it all from Egypt. Uh, let me, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. See, that's the point right there, right? Yeah, that, that's what he wants, that, and that's what's going to happen at the second coming. That's, that's the whole point, right there. That's what God wants. He wants to dwell well, with us in the Garden of Eden. He was dwelling with Adam and Eve, and then once they got banished, everything, the whole earth became fallen. And then that was kind of his plan at the very end to kind of always dwell with him. It's just that because of sin and other stuff, it kept us apart. Mm. But he always had yeah. to live with us from the very beginning. He was. Yeah, living. yeah. And, and heaven comes to earth, right? At the end of Revelation, the last few chapters of Revelation, heaven, basically God comes to earth and dwells on earth with us. Yeah. And, and we get new body. A lot of people, a lot of Christians still think that like we go, you know, we get raptured, we go to heaven, and we live in heaven forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, because it, it's like so clearly says something different in the Bible. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> for a brief diversion, the whole rapture thing, you're supposed <laughs> to inherit the earth. I think the rapture is actually, if you follow what they're thinking, is the wicked ones get raptured out because they don't inherit the earth. We do. It's like yeah, they get they get uh, they get thrown into the lake of fire, basically. Yeah, or, or they, eternal destruction. You know, whether it's eternal torment or annihilation, I don't know. I go back and forth on that every week. I change my mind about that. But <laughs> well, <laughs> you have any, you have any thoughts on that? Totally, totally off topic. If you if you have any thoughts on the enlighten me. That's a whole different topic. We can talk, talk about well, that another time. Well, like I said before, it's the eternal hell was really meant for the immortal beings like Satan, yeah. all his minions. Yeah, but and, also those who uh, took the mark of the beast and worshipped his yeah. image are thrown in there with Because they him. must be changed at some point because they're no longer... You know, they go so, through like a because we're going to be changed and maybe they changed. It's the transhumanists, yeah. the transhumanists. Right. Who, because uh, there's a verse yeah, that says DNA. they long to die and they can't die. So that's not normal like, human. Maybe stuff. they change their DNA or something uh, yep. through the uh, through the miracle uh, the miracle medicines that they're giving us. Yeah, they want synthetic biology, which ah, they there achieve go. Yeah. that they can do whatever they want with it. It's no longer constrained with the image of the beast. Yeah, so instead the of the image, image of God. And God is always referring to satan and his minion as the beast yeah so if you change into the beast then what's there to save you you know at that point so like wherever the beast is gonna go all the beastly people yeah are there too but i think overall like the judgment for more mortal people because they're going to be judged because um that's the whole point of having that judgment seat right so all the mortal people, are, if they're judged for their sins, they're going to have a mortal death, meaning the second death where they no longer exist. That's, okay, that's annihilationism. Yeah. 
So the the mortal non-believers are just exterminated. Yeah, and the ones that are changed into the beast, well, they because there's a part of that. Yeah, that makes worm sense. Worm never dies yeah. or something like that, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. And demons, they apparently don't die because that's they're the immortal. Point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had bodies once. Once the body went away. They're just floating around and possessing and all that stuff. So that means if there's no way to kill them, then then they must be an eternal damnation somewhere. Mm, yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, so they're yeah. So they're going to make the sanctuary so the presence of God could dwell, and that's why they have to do all that stuff that we're, we'll see at the end of uh, Exodus and Leviticus. It's because the presence of God is there. If the presence of God wasn't there, they wouldn't have needed to do anything like that, right? Yeah. Um, and is and, and this building thing is going to be fancy. It's not like just tent in a desert. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a you know a shadow of things to come, right? So it's yeah. it's a replica of the temple of heaven. Yeah, which is pretty awesome as we read through it, like all the stuff that he puts in there. It's it's like it's like uh, God is beginning to change the earth back into a holy place, starting with this here. Yeah. And we saw it a little bit here and there with little, little uh, pillars. They would, they would, uh, you know, they would, they would. There was these little uh, places where God would kind of uh, appear, and that was holy ground. And now He's kind of establishing His kingdom. He's taking Earth back from from Satan, really, more or less. And all these precious things that He's putting to make this tabernacle, I think it's a reality of the future what we look forward to where we're going to be seeing these magnificent mm, things yeah yeah you know, i think the whole world will be considered a temple because the presence yeah. of god will dwell in, and there, yeah. there'll be no place on earth that is not holy yeah and it may not even be like dirt roads you know it might actually be gold paved like it's all these precious things which he can make so much cool. of yeah um, well, the way he describes his throne and his surrounding place up in heaven, it's pretty amazing yeah. how the water is like crystal clear and, you know, all these precious stones and all this stuff, gold everywhere. So that would be kind of nice. Not in this yeah. yeah, there's this there's this guy, he says that like gold is God's money. Yeah. Instead of these fiat currencies we use, you yeah. know, it's like a gold is God's money. I don't know. We wouldn't even need money and in this life the new life hmm. but it will be spectacular like everything you never earned or you probably spent a lifetime trying to collect these little precious things that you treasures of earth it will be everywhere and everybody will see it in this full glory you know like people yeah. mind like tiny little stones and charge you thousands of dollars but that'll be yeah. nothing like a giant pearl one of those nine uh 12 gates are all made out of giant pearls. I hope you, mm. I'm taking that one literally. You probably are not, right? A big giant pearl. Well, I'd have to look at it, but uh, maybe we'll see. We'll get to that point. I think we got to finish up verse yeah. nine there. Um, <laughs> according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern, verse nine, according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, you shall make it so. Now here, it seems like... Um, See, see, we're about to, we're going to read how to make this uh, all this stuff, but I think I think it seems like here, like Moses saw like a blueprint or saw an image of it or something. According to all that I show you, the pattern, 
you know, like like Moses himself may have seen what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And then, but then he has to go down and kind of explain it to the people and to us as we read it. They're not just, I don't think they're just making it based on what we read. It, it's people no. have tried to make it based on what we read and they probably get pretty close, but it's difficult, you know? No, um, God probably I, gave I, I them the, the blueprints. Yeah. And yeah, he saw how to make it because you'll see like all of a sudden yeah. they were brick makers for 400 years. And all of a sudden, they're making all this stuff. Like you'll well, that's the, see. the gift, gifts. Yeah, the, he gifted the people with these yeah. skills. So the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, now this is pretty cool, actually. The Ark of the Covenant is um, pretty interesting. They they shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long. Now a cubit was the uh, from your tip of your finger to your elbow, so it's about yeah. a, f a foot and a half. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if it's like 10, this um, is going to be like 10 cubits is like 15 feet, basically. Yeah. So it's like a foot and a half, 18 inches. Although I, maybe some people say it's 15 inches. But I, I the thing is, on every person, it's going to be slightly different. Yeah. But they must have had some kind of standard. Um, I think they probably did because the way they say it now, it's anywhere from 15 to 20 cubits or a little bit more, depending on how big. But I don't think they would have yeah. made it so arbitrary. So I think yeah. it probably had a certain number exactly yeah so if we just say it's like a foot and a half just yeah. for a reference you know get us in the yep. ballpark and uh half cubits high one and a half cubits high you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out you shall overlay it and you shall make a gold border around it you shall cast four rings for it and put them on the four feet with two rings on the one side of it and two rings on the other side of it you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark in order to carry the ark with them. The poles must remain in the rings of the ark. They must not be removed from it. You shall put into the ark the testimony which I, which I shall give you. All right. Now let's just pause there for a moment. I think... Um, so the ark would be 45 inches long and 27 inches wide and 27 inches high. So it's not that big, really. It's not that big. Yeah. It's like a small little box. Right. Really. It's not. I think in the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was much bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably a good size, the one, the dimensions that you gave. I think that's okay. It's like, two, what, what's 45 yeah. inches is what, uh, well, that's, what's that, three feet, uh, three and a half feet, something like that? Yeah. It's about three and a half feet long. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a but good size box. the only thing that were in like it were the two tablets and manna. And I think they put the staff of Moses in there later oh. as well. Well, if they point. put the staff in there, um, then it had to be bigger. Well, the staff would have been about three feet tall two or two and a half three feet tall That's so right. yeah it was about three and a half tall. feet long staffs are usually so that, bigger though aren't they uh yeah maybe four three and a half uh they could have put it side you know bird uh diagonally yeah. or, you know they could make it fit no problem three or four feet they could have yeah, fit in that box. Not gonna make it fit. he's just gonna make it the length i think it was probably the length of the staff whatever that yeah is. yeah yeah so yeah i mean we so it's uh you know it's a kind of a regular size box really something we would store stuff in at our at our homes really yeah, like the trunk right um, yeah so it's not that big uh and um yeah it would fit in the back of your car and then you should put into the ark the testimony which i shall give you okay that'll be the 10 commandments so that means the stone tablets were 
you know, that size or, you know, smaller than that. Well, it doesn't take much room to put in Ten Commandments because there was two tablets, right? <laughs> so it's only five yeah. on the side. It probably weren't that big. You shall make a mercy seat or an atonement. That, that's the lid, basically. That's the top of the ark. It's just the, the cover of the ark. Like if you put a cover on top of the box. Yeah. That's what that is. So you should make a mercy seat, which is basically like a uh, an atonement covering of pure gold, two and a half cubits long. So two and a half cubits, again, roughly four feet or so, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I, I have written down here, Let's 45 inches long. Yeah. And one and a half cubits wide. So it's basically the same size as the box. So it, it will cover the box. Well, it have to be, right? And what's interesting is, you know, after they closed it, they never opened it again. It was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just this really elaborate, kind of amazing little box. And uh, nobody ever saw it either. The only person who saw it was the high priest once a year. Because yeah. when they moved it, they had to cover it up. And even the guys who carried it couldn't see it because it was covered up by uh, cloth. Yeah. So it's just, it's like this beautiful, amazing thing that nobody could actually look at. <laughs> well, God, he was protecting, I think he was preserving the very godly thing that was created. It's holy. Yeah, it's holy. It's sacred, right? It's sacred and holy. And right. uh, the profane profanity, the profane masses <laughs> yeah. cannot look upon it. <laughs> because Only it was the high holy. I think it wasn't the ark like cursed if if it went into the wrong hands. We'll see that later on. Yeah, the the I think it was the Philistines took it or somebody took yeah. it. Yeah, and then they um, now they're getting their payback. <laughs> <laughs> Are they? I don't know. Something's happening over there. We don't really right. understand. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, now you shall make two carabim. That's the. Uh, the C, they don't have the CH sound in Hebrew, so it's like a K sound. Cherubim, and I am is the plural ending. Two cherubim of gold. And so these would also be quite small, actually. Like I used to think, for some reason, I used to think of these as these huge statues, but they're actually just, it kind of, I think it might even say how tall they are. Make them of hammered wor work at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end and the other carob on the other end from the mercy seat or the, the lid, you shall make the carabim on its two ends. So on the two yeah, sides, on the ends, it's like a book, book ends on the side of the lid, on the lid. Right, but they kind of little statues of angels. Seat, right? So it's kind of, they kind of making a chair. It kind of, it kind of like, uh, like a covers up. It's a, yeah, yeah it, it's going to cover up the lid a little bit. Um, the, the carabim shall stretch forth their wings up, upward, covering the mercy seat with their wings and facing one another. Okay. So they're, uh, covering the mercy seat with their wings and facing one There's another. There's pictures of Ark of the Covenant. So the cherubims. If this is, you think this is accurate or maybe? Yeah, yeah, that looks, yeah, that makes sense. Something like that. Now, are these like, these people made like replica, replicas of this uh, based on yeah. what we I mean, read? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It would look something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's different versions of it, but essentially. Yeah, there they would be at the very end, it seems like. Yeah, with the wings spread out. Yeah. They're not totally like huge, that. but. So they're really like, like what, a foot tall or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then um, verse 21, you shall put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark, you shall put the testimony that I will give you. 
I will meet with you there, and I will meet with you from above the mercy seat. So on above the ark, that's where he'll meet. From between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you all that I will command you for the children of Israel. Any comments on that? No, I mean, he kind of established um, how he's going to talk to them, because he's right there. It's his house. And even the ephod that he gave the priests, he's using objects for some reason to say that I'm there and I will speak to you. So if you ever wanted to speak directly to him there, it would be in the Holy of Holy around that Ark of Covenant. It's his sacred space, right? That he put yeah. his word. Basically, his word is the first version of it is in that Ark. Yep. And the Caribbean are things we've saw before in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3. That protective. Right? They're kind of, yeah, they're protective, um, like protective type of angels or something. And they had wings. Adam and Eve were banished. Uh, they had to guard the tree of life. Yeah. yeah. So they're essentially guarding uh, what's in the box. Maybe it's like yeah. a, a reference of tree of life in a way. Yeah, they're guardian uh, guardians. The guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. All right. You shall also also make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, one cubit wide, and a half cubit high. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a gold border around it. You shall make a border around it of a handbreadth, and you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. You shall make four gold rings for it and put the rings on the four corners that are on its four feet. The rings shall be close to the frame to provide places for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold so that the table may be carried with them. You shall make the dishes, its spoons, its pitchers, and its bowls with which to pour drink offerings. You shall make them of pure gold. You shall sit. Set the showbread on the table before me always. It's got a lot of gold. How do they get that much gold to not only make the, even the tabernacle coverings, they had to lay it all it, between the tents when we just read earlier. And all this stuff now is now pure gold that they're making. That's a lot of gold. How, how would they get it? They, they got it from the from Egypt. Egypt had tons of gold. Yeah, Egypt was a superpower. Right. They stole it. They took they took it all from uh and there's you a lot know, of people, right? And it's, just think of all these people took a little bit of gold. That would be a lot if if you know they're, they're, all these people had a little bit of gold. So that's probably yeah. what it is. I mean it's not that much because these things are not that large, really. You know. No, but the earlier I don't know where we read it, but the, the tents were overlaid with gold. So that um, that would have been a huge... Well, that's the Ark. I'm not sure if they... Um, Maybe I missed it. I think that comes up later. We're, we're going to get more um, details about the actual tent. Yeah, the tent the tent itself will get more detail later on, I believe. All right, okay. so now there's a gold lampstand. Oh, yeah. will make a lampstand of pure gold. The yeah. lampstand in its base it and its shaft. of the church, by the way. Later on, it explains what lampstand is all about. It references, so olive tree are references to the Israelites, and lampstand is references to the Gentiles who have faith. But you think right here it is too? Or, I think uh, it's going to reference somehow, yeah, because, uh, yeah, he makes it in six branches each side. So, yeah, I think it is. Right now, he's just making it, but it, later on, 
he's going to make symbolic connection to it. Yeah, the tree of life. Um, no, yeah. Do you see a tree of life reference to it as well? Maybe. Probably, because uh-huh. it's kind of like it has branches. That's what a tree does, right? But it has a specific number. So six branches on each side. So that's seven, total of seven, right? I guess we'll read it. Let's read it. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand and its base and its shaft are to be made of hammered metal. Its cups, its buds, and its flowers shall be of one piece. So it has these like kind of flower kind of things on it. Yeah. Like a tree or something. Six branches. Branches like a tree, right? Six yeah. branches shall go out from its sides. Three branches of the lampstand from its one side and three branches of the lampstand from its other side so it's total of seven i think so three go out this way and then the one in the middle has that cup or each one of them would have cups so maybe it's only six yeah i think there's only six branches oh isn't it isn't that what the menorah is it comes from this yeah let me see how many menorah has yeah seven well i I think we just read about six though i mean uh six branches unless they the base um see i've always seen it with seven because the middle stem would be the seventh with three on each side so every single one is always seven i think it has to be seven because seven is a number that he likes a lot well no but we just read that it's six though See that this is the Jewish stuff, and they don't always do things according to the Bible. You know what I mean? Well, let's read it, could, it again. It could be some human tradition. Yeah. Um, yeah, it says six, oh, okay. unless so it's um, base and it's shaft. Wait, so it's it base. Say, uh, shaft. Oh, the shaft. Maybe yeah. that's the shaft. Yeah. Okay. And then three on each side, so that makes it seven. Well, if and then if we continue reading, let's keep going. There's something yeah. about seven coming up here uh let's see here three cups flowers we got wise fl- uh three uh, okay three cups shall be made shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms on one branch and three cups made like almond flowers and the other branch with buds and blossoms and the same for the six branches that come out of the lampstand on the lampstand shall be four cups shaped like almond flowers with their buds and their blossoms there shall be a bud under two branches of the same and a bud under a bud under two branches of the same (laughs) and a bud under the next two branches of the same according to the six branches that proceed out of the lampstand their buds and their branches shall be the same piece all of it shall be hammered work of pure gold and here's a seven you shall make it it's seven lamps you shall make it's seven lamps and they shall light its lamps so that they may give light to the area in front of it its snuffers and their snuff dishes shall be of pure gold it shall be made from a talent of pure gold along with all these utensils see that you make them according to their pattern which was shown to you on the mountain so now so, there's seven lamps right there yeah right? so well that would be close to what the menorah shows Right, so one, two, three, four, five, six, three on each side. This is the stem, so this would be the seven. And I guess if you wanted to see it lit, of course, the one that they just God described has a bunch of ornate blossoms on each one, not in the middle though. Nobody ever depicted that one. 
Mm. Um, yeah. So, th- I mean, the main thing is this all kind of points to heaven, right? It's kind of like um, a way for the people to get closer to heaven as well, or to the presence of God. Yeah. And, um, and heaven it, is starting it, to come to earth. Uh, but it's also it's the light of the world, which is all mm. the Gentiles who believe to light the. We are that lamp. We are that lampstand. We're the light source. So I think he's going to reference that later. Yeah, there's some stuff in Revelation about the lampstands and the the two witnesses, tribulation as well. Now we're doing 26, the tabernacle <laughs> itself. Well, we got 30 minutes. I get we got 30 minutes to do the next two chapters. Okay, All let's right. speed through it then. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twisted linen and blue and purple and scarlet. Make them with carabim. The work of a skilled workman. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits, and the width of each curtain four cubits. All of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be joined together one to another, and the other five curtains are to be joined one to another. You shall make loops of blue on the edge of the end curtain in one set and likewise you shall make loops in the outermost edge of the end curtain in the second set you shall make 50 loops in the one curtain and you shall make 50 loops in the edge of the curtain that is in the second set the loops are to be opposite to one another you shall make 50 clasps of gold and join the curtains together with the clasps so that the tabernacle shall be one unit you shall make curtains of goat's hair To be a covering upon the tabernacle, you shall make 11 curtains. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits. That would be like 50 feet or something. And the width of each curtain, four four cubits. And the 11 curtains shall all have the same measure. You shall join five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. You shall double over the sixth curtain at the front of the tabernacle You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the end curtain in the one set and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that joins the second set. You shall make 50 bronze clasps and put the clasps into the loops and join the tent together so that it may be one unit. The part that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remains, shall hang over the back of the tabernacle. A cubit on the one side and a cubit on the other side of that which remains in the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. You shall make a covering for the tent out of ram's skins dyed red and a covering above of porpoise skins. Mm. You got got that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. Plus, it takes a lot of skills to do all these things. And I wrote yeah. Exodus uh, article on the Passover. I noted mm-hmm. that all these skills, like if you add them all up, from goldsmithing to tent making to uh, each one of these, like every little job, dye makers, perfumers, and then the list goes on and on if you count them all. It's a lot. So suddenly they're becoming like very skilled workers from what they knew nothing before. Well, it's God. I mean, this is all God's idea, right? It's not, they're not, it's not their idea. They don't know how to do this. Right. There were slaves. I mean, well, to a certain degree, there were slaves in Egypt doing stuff. They were working, 
So maybe they had some skills from Egypt, but maybe God is giving them. They were mostly skills makers, yeah. you know, all the level. They were not handling gold and making all this. Well, stuff. unless, and, well, maybe they, uh, I wonder if the Egyptians put them to work to make their gold temples and all that stuff as well, you know. Um, Maybe. Wouldn't you get the slaves like to do the manual labor? Downloaded all that information into them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people might make a connection with the. You know, we're we're all given uh, spiritual gifts. Yeah, the New Testament talks about that. So maybe these are, you know, we're all we're all part of God's kingdom. So we all get certain skills to do the work to to yeah. uh, to help sure. establish God's kingdom. You know? Yeah, because on our own, I mean. There's nothing. It's all encoded in us. We can call it DNA, that you know, genetic transfer of skills, but I don't really think so. I think it's all God equipping the person to do the job that they were meant to do. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, God could have just like zapped it into existence somehow, right? Yeah. yeah. Without, he but he really, wants he wants us to participate. Yeah. With him. Yeah, and he's building up the people as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And they have to follow all these instructions. Yeah. They have to follow very precise, detailed instructions. Yeah. All right, well, let's keep reading. So we finish. Uh, you shall make boards for the tabernacle of acacia wood standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of each board, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. There shall be two tenons for each board fitted to one another. You shall make all the boards of the tabernacle in this way. You shall make the boards for the tabernacle, 20 boards for the south side. You shall make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two sockets under one board for its two tenons, and two sockets under another board for its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, there shall be 20 boards, and there are 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. For the back of the tabernacle to the west, you shall make six boards. You shall make two boards for the corners of the tabernacle at the back. They shall be doubled together beneath and finished together at the top of it into one ring. So it shall be for both of them. They shall form the two corners. There shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, 16 sockets, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. You shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the boards on the of the one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle for the back to the west. The middle bar in the center of the boards shall reach from end to end. You shall overlay the boards with gold and make their rings of gold to provide places for the bars, and you shall overlay the bars with gold. You shall set up the tabernacle according to the plan which you have been shown on the mountain. See there again, according to the plan which you have been shown, yeah. There's a little summary statement. Can you imagine? Like, I'm just imagining Moses sitting there listening to all this, trying to stay awake. <laughs> I think it was just downloaded to him. You know, like the movie Matrix, where Neo has to learn how to fly a helicopter. So they just download that information and suddenly knows, or it has a new karate move that gets downloaded and then he's off. So I think it's somehow there must be some supernatural learning. 
because you can't just watch a blueprint and then all of a sudden carry that out. You know, I'm not, can't be taking notes. There's got to be something that's imprinted in his head somehow. And in the Matrix, that little ship they lived on, wasn't it called uh, Zion or something? They had yeah. Something about Zion. So, which is like the, isn't, I mean, Zion is associated with the temple of God as well. Well, I think Zion is even mentioned in the Bible somewhere, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mount Mountain Zion. Zion or something like that. Yeah, which is like a heavenly temple kind of yep. concept, um, which is always misused uh, these days, of course, by people. Of course. Um, they stole it. You shall, yeah, you shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twin twined linen. It shall be made with carabim, the skillful work of a workman. You shall hang it on four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks also shall be of gold on four sockets of silver. You shall hang up the veil. I was just going to, this is where, see, it's more skills that are very skilled. So they have to make the yarn. Okay, because you can't uh, make Mm. clothing or fabric without actually doing whatever they do to make yarn. And then they got to dye all this stuff very specific. I don't know if you ever seen them dye fabric, but it's it's laborious and it's very skilled where like you can't just be hanging around making blue or purple together. They have their own separate areas and it takes a lar- large amount of space where they have the dye water and then they take the dipping of that fabric and then they hang it hmm. so this is like a very complicated process to they must have had that. like um yeah they must have had thousands of people working on yeah. this but then all of a sudden right. you know they have to create all this stuff i don't know I, I guess you you might not have that appreciation of like when you don't have any tools and all of a sudden they're like they're given tools they're given materials and the skills to just actually make very sophisticated stuff Probably people don't realize that today because we just buy everything. We don't actually make anything. Um, but <laughs> well, somebody made it somewhere. A yeah. robot made it. <laughs> yeah, some robot, yeah. somebody. And, but I also wondered, like, how much? I wonder how much this would be worth because all this gold, oh, like, how lot. much in today's value of how much gold? If like, if anyone ever found the ark, how much would that be, or or any of this stuff? Like, all of it's gone, millions. right? Nobody can find millions. any of it. Yeah, I don't it'd be millions of dollars. Or yeah, billions. I'm sure because oh yeah, one. I don't know how much this much gold is already. And you know, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you think people would want to find it just for the money, unless somebody found some of this stuff and is kept it secret. I don't think any of this stuff has really ever been found, right? Well, God, I think He sealed it just like with the cherubims, with the tree of life. Yeah. Well, there are there are legends, is stories that the ark is in some church in um, Ethiopia in the basement like but I, I think it's gone to be honest like i think it's gone and it's just gone because we don't need it we don't really need it anymore because we are the temple oh, it's you know gonna what come I mean? back it's gonna make no where's heaven that? there's it's no way it's gone back. it's just protected it's and hidden just like the garden of eden is protected and hidden because that's still there the tree of life is still there so the ark is there somewhere well we'll, we'll talk about it. we don't have time to get into that yeah. right now let's let's finish the whole stuff yeah, yeah, and if yeah. we have time we can talk about that but uh okay you shall hang up the veil under the clasps so that you may bring the ark of the testimony within the veil and the veil shall serve for you as a partition between the holy place and the most holy right so there's different compartments and the only the high priest could enter the 
most holy place. And we won't have time today, but later on we'll look at the book of Hebrews, which has a lot of interesting things to say about this and how Jesus has is doing this for us now, basically. Um, you shall put the mercy seat or the lid of the ark on the ark of the testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand opposite the table on the side of the tabernacle towards the south, and you shall put the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the doorway of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen and the work of an embroiderer. You shall make five pillars of acacia wood for the screen and overlay them with gold and their hooks also made of gold. And you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. Yay. Wow. Last one. All right. An altar of offering. burnt offering. You shall make an altar. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. Now, this is a little larger, huh? About seven or eight feet. Yeah. Right? The yeah. altar. Because they got to kill these large animals on them and stuff, right? Oh yeah. The altar like the goat, or the cows. burn burn the animals. The altar shall be square and its height shall be three cubits. So that's like what four and a half feet, I guess. Yeah. Um, Countertop. Shall, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You shall it's like a barbecue pit, you know. Because <laughs> <It is. laughs> they're kind of like a barbecue, because they would they would eat a lot of these sacrifices. They yeah, they just, were. Uh, they, yeah, they, they weren't not just all of them, but they them. ate most of them. Most yeah. of them they ate, the people would eat them, or the priests would eat them. You shall yeah, make the its sacrifice horns. was hand in hand. Yeah. You sacrifice, you atone for your sins, but then you're eating that as food. Yeah, so, yeah. They yeah. weren't just throwing them. Yeah, some of them were just kind of uh, given to God or burned up and given to God. Yeah. But most, most of them, the people actually ate them. You shall make its horns on its four corners. Its horns um, shall be part of it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. You shall make its pots for its ashes and its shovels and its basins and its meat hooks and its fire pans. You shall make all of its vessels out of bronze. You shall make a grating for it, a net network of bronze. And on the net, you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the ledge of the altar beneath so that the net will reach halfway up the altar. You shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles shall be put into the rings so that the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar when carrying it. You shall make it hollow with boards just as it was shown you on the mountain, and so shall they make it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big one. They're busy. All right, a little bit more. Uh, you shall make the court of the tabernacle on the south side. There shall be curtains for the court of the find of fine twined linen, 100, oh, look at this, 100 cubits long, 150 feet. Huge. For one side. This is the outer court, right? Oh, yeah. Um, this is kind of where I think anybody could go here or a lot of different people could go here. It, it, we'll, we'll, get all, we'll get a lot more detail about all this stuff in uh, Leviticus, I believe. Um, and it shall but have it's 20. It's designed to house a lot of people. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shall have 20 pillars with 20 bronze sockets. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. Likewise, for the north side in length, there shall be curtains 100 cubits long. And it's 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. So now it's silver because it's kind of uh, not as holy, maybe. Right? A little further away from the oh. ark. This is the cheap stuff for the for the masses. <laughs> <laughs> for oh, the maybe, common yeah. people. 
right gold in the inner and the silver on the outer yeah yeah it's kind of yeah. degrees of uh holiness and purity yeah and maybe uh, for the width bronze later yeah for the width of the court on the west side shall be curtains of 50 cubits with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets the width of the court on the east side shall be 50 cubits the curtains on one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets on the other side shall be curtains 15 cubits with the three pillars and their three sockets for the gate of the court the there sockets. shall what are the sockets oh i don't know i'm mm. my brain is fried uh, <laughs> turned to mush <laughs> <laughs> every time you um, read it, it kind there's of there's a lot of sockets, sockets. There's a, it's a common word so far whatever i think i've read that word quite a bit yeah um, it's just part of, you know they're just parts of the thing to connect things together probably for the for the for the gate of the court there shall be a curtain of 20 cubits a blue of purple and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen the work of an embroiderer with their four pillars and their four sockets right so just something that connects into something probably Maybe. all the pillars around about the court shall be furnished with silver bands their hooks shall be of silver and their sockets of bronze See the, length, now. <laughs> the, the length of the court shall be 100 cubits and width 50 throughout and the height five cubits of fine twisted linen and their sockets of bronze all the utensils of the tabernacle used in all its service in all its tent pegs and all the tent pegs of the court shall be of bronze oil for the lamp you shall command the children of israel that they bring you pure oil of olive pressed for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually in the tent of meeting outside the veil which is before the testimony aaron and his sons shall arrange it from evening to morning before the lord so that's the levite priests a lot of the levite priests were um were, they were more like manual laborers almost to take care of the tabernacle yeah. they weren't so much always teachers and stuff uh there were no, the, these days you would call them like the worship team or the staff of a church or something well, they they weren't the church. So what it was happening was a large gathering place where large amount of people would gather in the court, and then they would have these services and sacrifices of the animals. Right? They're not like preaching sermons about God. They're mm, actually yeah. going there to worship. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Well, they they were supposed to be teaching the law, right? Teach the teach these yeah. laws and these statutes and all these things. There there was teaching. We just saw that you're supposed to teach. In fact, uh, let's let's finish the paragraph here. Okay. This twenty-one in the tent of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his sons, which are the Levites, shall arrange it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a perpetual statute for the children of Israel for generations to come. Ah, that's interesting. It doesn't say. Uh, well, it kind of does. It uses the language of kind of uh, you know perpetual. Yeah. So it's although you know what you know, it's interesting though. ESV says it shall be a statute forever. Oh, I guess it's the same thing. A statute forever or a perpetual statute. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But what is it really saying, though? What be observed. statute of what? But this tabernacle, you know, was um, replaced by the temple. Anyway, that's, a you know, the, there you do get this language of this is supposed to be a statute forever. It is forever, but forever. but we don't do this now, huh? Nobody's doing the temple was destroyed. 
No, I'm not. God left the temple. The presence of God left the temple. Yeah, yeah. But this is symbolic of the eternal temple. No, the statute, what is it? It shall be a perpetual statute. Well, it must be talking about the line before that in the tent outside it's the testimony before the testimony Aaron himself shall range it from morning before the so Lord. Aaron and his sons shall do this but it's just you know it's one of these things where um it's not happening now not really unless it's unless it's been transformed well, nobody's doing a, any of a, a more yeah <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that's clear nobody's doing any of this stuff that we just read so how is but, it a perpetual statute? How go, we should be. It sounds like it when you read this, like testimony. we gotta go build a temple. We gotta go build a temple. It's not no, the testimony the is the Ten Commandments. Ten, no, testimony no, no. The is the whole ten. Story is not really about the temple. It's I mean, it is, it is the temple that God, God is gonna dwell with his people. But it's symbolic of the whole thing. Like God is making a point that this is a sacred space that people are going to have to honor the temple and how they go to worship, how they honor God, all the things that they're, it's really to tell them the separation between God and man, but it's still, they're not like totally united. Like they were in the garden of Eden, you know, there's still that separation, but I just don't know what it means. Like this, what statute are they talking about? Cause it, I think it's, it's talking about the Levite priests, maybe, and their job, to, mm -hmm. the job of the Levite priests, that is Aaron and his sons. But that's that not be. a statue. That's just a job. I think we have to come back to this mm. later on. We have time. <laughs> maybe highlight it. Because I think it might actually mean the stuff, the testimony of God. This is outside the veil, which is before the testimony. This is maybe yeah. forever. Um, not the people here. that are doing the job. Oh, and this is the first time, by the way, the, the term tent of meeting is used. Is yeah. it used? The tent of meeting, which was, which I believe was kind of part of the tab the first part maybe that they built. It, it, it will be explained again later in chapter 33. Yeah. Do you have that photo I sent you? That oh, image? Yeah. The, the blueprints. That actually, uh, well, it's good to get a visual also, representation. The oil and lamp is brought up in the New Testament a lot. Remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, the virgins and all that. Keep your, uh, yeah, be prepared. But also the the um, the lamp that burned for a long time with a little bit of oil from one of the stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Because they would have understood that language, right? They they uh, they understood all this stuff. Uh, there you go. There it is, right there. Much easier. Yeah, <laughs> we could have just looked at the photo, you know, like 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 Moses did. But you wouldn't have all that's that true. appreciation of that's gold true. and silver and all that stuff. But this, oh, I, just, I think I got. I, I forget, you know, to be honest, I, I forget where I got this. Actually, I can't find the book. I got. I was reading some book, and then this was there, so I just took a screenshot, and now I can't find the book again. Yeah, um, but but anyway, so it's a hundred cubits, which would be like hundred and fifty feet uh, wide. This is the outer court, right? And there was curtains, right? This was the wall would have been these curtains they talked about, right? Yeah. Um, and then 50 cubits which would be like, what, 75 feet or something like that. And mm -hmm. then you got the uh, outer court, which is outdoors, and the burnt offering there on the right side, uh, five by five cubits, about seven and a half feet. And oh, then they the, called this a menorah. Then, then that, too. Yeah, then that's the... Um, 
tabernacle itself, that little rectangular thing, then the Holy of Holies was like a square, 15 by 15 feet, and then you had the ark in the middle of that. And, and that's that's the place where, see, for me, that's it seems like almost like a you go into the depths of a human being, you know what I mean? Like the depths of our soul or something, because yeah. the, the Ten Commandments are there in the most holy of holies right here which is really it's like the contract yeah it's the the covenant between man and god right and that's yeah, what I mean, we're you that, know the new covenant on our hearts right there so probably would have looked pretty spectacular right with the fine linen yeah well the gold um, and the purple and the whatever you know the all colors, the colors yeah. amazing Ooh. stuff right all the way yeah through. so imagine yeah. Like, you can't just walk into this place like casual well, it's like these temples in Asia, right? They're quite amazing, actually. There's a lot of gold. I don't know if it's real gold yeah, or not these days, is... but there's. But in and back then, you know, all the different pagan religions, they all had these little temples and stuff yeah. all over the place as well. They're so this is not like the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they had their false gods and their false uh, priesthoods. But their they, false. They uh, actually made this. The entire people made this, so they probably had more. Yeah. It was a sacred ground, but then they also participated. And they know this was portable. And this is portable. And then later on, like in numbers, we see that it's going to be surrounded by an army. They they actually the Israel Israelites become more like an army. Yeah. Uh, they they literally do become an army because they fight a lot of wars. Yeah. So that was God's and, and they're protecting and they're protecting the ark, which is the heart of the the covenant. And the other thing I wanted to notice here was that um, to cause a lamp to burn continually. So this, yeah. I think it is an important reference for the New Testament that comes up later. Um, yeah, we, we, we are the, um, isn't, doesn't Jesus say that we are the light of the world? Um, yeah. You know. That, so, uh, that does not burn out, right? So I think that yeah. a reference in the later stories is starting here to tell us that so i don't know i think we should keep this in mind though because it's bothering me i don't know what it's talking well about. we're going to see this a lot actually we're going to see this all over the place like in deuteronomy especially so we, we will there's a lot of repetition actually we're going to see like in leviticus deuteronomy all this stuff um so we will end up uh seeing that again anyway so um, great so All right. So what's the what's the next? Uh, what is the next one? Twenty eight. Yeah. Let me. And, and then when do we finish? How how many chapters do you want to do? Four next time too. Um, oh, nice. Um, Only two. No, Very four. Good. Four next. No. Time. <laughs> <laughs> These are long chapters. Priesthood. So I think it's twenty eight through thirty one. One. I just have yeah. to go. I have I have something to do in three minutes from now. So. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're almost done. We only have three more podcasts to finish Exodus if we keep it. And then the All chapters right. get shorter after that. Well, the next one, we can go a little bit longer so we can uh, discuss some other things. We can look at Hebrews maybe as well. Yeah. All be right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Yep. Yep.